invite you to enter this portal of strange and unimaginable. I simply ask that you suspend your judgment and expand your mind in the vastness of the unknown. Come witness the wonder that is our reality. The truth is out there, and so am I. Wife of a Demon Hunter, extraordinary tales of all things paranormal. Hello, my name is Dorinda Stewart, and I am the Wife of a Demon Hunter. My next guest is a lifetime experiencer in all the realms of the paranormal. She has been born in London, now lives in North Folk, England. She's also co-hosted with Alex Lovelock on his live show about the paranormal. Please welcome Vanessa Cole. Hello, Vanessa. Thanks for being Hello. here today. Hi. Okay, so Hi. Vanessa, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question. So Vanessa, are you a ghost girl or are you more a UFO chick? More a UFO chick. Okay, so why why do you say that? Because they came to me first when I was four and six, but then it kind of crosses over to um, paranormal, ghosty stuff as well. But it is mostly the UFO stuff. Okay, so yeah. do you feel calm about the UFO stuff, or are you kind of nervous about it sometimes? Both. Okay. Um, when I was younger, um, I wasn't quite sure. So, you know, I, I hadn't made the UFO connection until I was about, was about 18, 19. And so, yeah, that my connection with that, you know, relating to it, happened after that age. Then, then it became really quite scary. I was petrified for years. Because um, it was so intense, it was in your face. And when you don't understand something, and these things aren't even meant to be real, there's no one to turn to with it. So I had to suck it up and deal with it by myself at first. So it was really frightening. And then it wasn't until I moved to Norfolk, um, and everything had really even pepped up off the scale there, um, that I started meeting people that I could talk to about it and then I started gaining more of an understanding about it and then I started to accept it more um, and then because I started understanding it the fear factor dropped but as with you know with ghosts and everything there's no control you've got no control over it it happens when it happens you can have good ghost experiences and you can have really frightening ones. It's the same with the UFO thing. You know, I always say, go with your vibes, go with how you're feeling because you've got your instincts and they are there to protect you. So, you know, not everything UFO is friendly. Same as not everything ghostly is friendly. That is quite the same. And same as people. Not all people are friendly. Right. So, right. yeah, you've got to judge it, you know, on its merits at the time and, and on your feelings. So what happened, um, is there a specific thing that happened that led you down the path where you were a little bit more comfortable? So, you know, like at what age did you find that the UFO or even the ghost um, realm was something that you wanted to maybe research or go into? It was when I was living in Lowestoft after 2000, and, well, the, the big craft came down 
over my house, 2001. So I'd say around 2003, because it was really full on, it honestly, it was like a show. Everybody would come to my house and see them. And um, then I started researching, I, I got a computer, so I had access to the World Wide Web and I could start finding other people with similar experiences and then um, other, you know, people, authors like um, Lawrence Gardner, I was looking at stuff David Icke was doing and then I was getting a bit of peace from that because I realised I wasn't the only one. Um, so it started to make sense and then I was, with the research, came more understanding. It, it kind of led me to a lot of biblical stuff in the early days, like in Genesis and stuff. And the way I was reading it, it wasn't how I was taught by church leaders anymore. I started reading it from a different perspective. Then you realise, oh my goodness, this is all in the Bible. There's higher things going on here. And then I realised I've been getting guidance this whole way through. So I've taken it on that level, that there is something really higher watching over me. And I feel really good about that. I, I feel quite privileged. If you could sit down um, with an alien and have a conversation with them, what questions would you ask them? Number one, <laughs> why my family and me? <laughs> why is it generational, right? <laughs> yeah, I... I'd like to know their agenda. I'd like to know origins, you know, the any bloodline connections, DNA connections with them. And are they manipulating human offspring to hybridise them? Yeah. Um, I want to know about senses, feelings. What do they have? You know, is there a spiritual connection with them and us? I want to know everything. Yeah, I would too. And I think I would ask them why some people are terrified and others experience calmness with them. Because, you know, in my uh, work, I do, you know, past life hypnosis, and they're terrified sometimes. I mean, and, but then there's people that I meet outside of that, that are very calm. And, you know, it's almost like it was, like you said, a spiritual experience. So I'd like yeah. to know why that is. Why is it because of how we perceive it or how they are perceiving it to us? I'd say it's all down to perception. Yeah. yeah. When that door opens to you, it changes your original version of reality. You realise when we might be flesh and blood, but actually there's a lot more going on around us that we need to accept. You know, it, it's other realms that we we are living within all these other realms, and I think they cross over at times into our realms. Certain people that are sensitive can see it. You know, like in the side of your eye, in um, your peripheral, peripheral vision, yeah. that is where you pick it up. You know, it, it's like a radio frequency tuning in and out. Maybe sometimes we catch a glimpse of that from the side. I swear I see sight move over there. Or, you know, and I think we all do have that ability. But some people are just so preoccupied with the material plane, um, even with their teachings. Right. You know, they're mentally kind of blocked and not open. So they don't have, you know, they're not having the experiences that others are having. And some people, I feel, um, because they lack the understanding, they jump on a fear perspective. I've been there. I've done it. So mm -hmm. I, I know 
how it feels and it is terrifying you know you you can't control these things i right. can't control them now right they still come so and isn't it interesting that people would choose a fear instead of an understanding you know because even natural. yeah i mean even in uh even in a uh, understanding base you don't have to like it but at least you understand it i think i don't know it's it's interesting I how think people that's a, still an individual choice to right. want to decide to try to understand right. it some people block it um and it's almost like a protection factor if yeah. i block it it don't exist i don't have to deal with it right. Right. you know it's kind of stop and block whereas you know i think it depends on frequency if it's something that continually happens you're gonna have to reach a stage where you go what the hell's going on i need to understand what's going on right and then you, you start going down this route of research and try and understand what, where, why, what for, you know, you have to, I think, to stay sane. Right. And, you know, it's like you don't even have to, you don't even care what other people think at this point. Because if you've seen it, you can't unsee it. If you know, like you know, how can they say to you that's not real, you know? And there's a lot of people that try to do that. They say that's not real, you're making this up, and you're like, I don't care what you think because yeah. I know what I saw. And yeah. I always find that really kind of um, um, mean, not really mean, but just, you know, unfair to a person. If they believe it, they believe it. You know, yeah. if, if we believe in God, why can't you believe in something, uh, you know, extra, extraterrestrial or, uh, you know, spirit realm, ghost, all that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting no, how that I happens. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, you talked in your bio that you never would be without magic or other realms. What do you consider magic? All the mystery that surrounds all the different phenomena is it's magical. I've seen you know amazing things and it is like magic it's crazy and it's I feel, like I say I feel so privileged to witness things that I've witnessed that yeah I class it as almost at times magical um there's there's all different factors you know you, you can look at it on so many different levels but yeah I've reached a stage where I just think it if we didn't have any of that going on, how boring and bland that it's just us and nothing. Yeah, the scientific thing of, you know, we're here, you know, like we 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 live one life, we do all these things. There's no such thing as, you know, the spirit world. I don't understand how people can think that way either. <laughs> so. It, was so, it would be so empty. It's right. like in the film Contact when he said that would be a hell of a waste of space. Right. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you said that your current home, you were kind of drawn there to the, the areas that you were there. What exactly happened that drew you to that area that you're in now? Well, um, a relationship breakdown, and I think that was driven. Paranormal was off the scale, and it was picking on my fella big time. It was causing separation. Um, I ended up in a women's aid and I came to a women's aid refuge here in Norfolk. That's how I got here. But two days before I came, because I didn't know I was going to be um, placed here, 
I had a dream because I'm quite sensitive with my dreams and I had a dream of standing on the bridge looking at the boats um, on Lowestoft, the Baskill Bridge and I'd never even heard of this place, I hadn't even seen this place before and when I had that dream it was so real I was telling everybody, oh I had a dream, I saw this and I saw that my brother brought me up here and I, we had to cross this bridge and I went oh my god that's it that's the bridge i'm meant to be here and i just went crazy wow so you know it, it, i was meant to be here and then i found um through because oh there was uh, still a lot of paranormal going on around me from the women's refuge to my first home five months later um i met somebody who was sitting circle and i said to her i'd like to come and sit circle i hadn't done it before because um, I had questions to ask and during circle I found out that um, we were quite close to Rendlesham Forest oh yes and I was like I never even knew about the the landings at Rendlesham Forest and it was like 45 minutes drive away from my home it was crazy um, and I, I ended up meeting Brenda Butler she she would come and sit circle with um, Carol, who used to run it. And then Brenda used to show me her pictures and everything. And I used to tell her what I was getting as well. And it kind of crossed over. And she explained to me that some of the stuff I was getting, I was actually getting messages. And I used to think to have messages, I'd have to hear another voice. I didn't understand how you received messages. Then it made sense. A lot of the stuff I was getting, it was actually guided even in the dreams so yeah it was just it took on a whole new level when i moved here so you said sitting circle what exactly does that mean here in the united states meditation okay okay yeah and if you've got visions any words and stuff come through we would write them down and share them and so it was basically being peaceful listening to really serene music um, and just learning to, to close the mind and allow things to come through. And the first time I did it, there's, I had pure, vivid colours. Mm. It was bright yellows that bled into, like, greens, mm. that bled into, like, blues. And I was blown away. I'd never, ha- ever had anything like that. And then um, Carol was saying that um, that was a lot of healing I was getting. So... Yeah, I ended up doing four years of the circle with wow. the girls. <laughs> I good. absolutely loved it. That's nice. That's thank you for sharing that with us, the, the meditation and stuff. So you really have had a lot of spiritual awakening to help you get through, you know, some of the bad times that you had to bring you to this point here. So that's great. That's great that yeah. you had that. Um, you were a co host with Alex Lovelock. What subject or guest stood out the most to you? Um I liked um, Besides Joe and I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get brain fog. No, no, it's okay. I just said no. <laughs> um, Elaine Thorpe, she brought through Jonathan, and he would talk through her, and oh. her voice would change, and that was so fascinating. fabulous and fascinating. My jaw would just drop, and I was like, "Oh my god." to see and hear and they had said a few things to me if anybody queried it um 
something about uh, me. She could see a lot of boxes around me and everything. And that turned out to be true. So I was like, oh, my God. You know, nobody else could just come out with something so specific and random like that, you know, without having real ability. So I found that really fascinating. Um, you were into all kinds of things, like your oil painting, stargazing. I think you even told me once that you sang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're at fortune telling, all that stuff. So um, uh, do you ever have visions of things that you put down on your canvas that are spooky in nature? No. Okay. No, I, f- I find, because I've had have infusions um, through my illnesses and stuff, I find that when I'm painting, it's such a therapy for me. It takes my mind off pain. So, in a way, it's almost meditative that you can sit for so long and not be in pain and create something amazing out of it. You know, just the colours and everything. I just, I love it. It's just a feel-good factor. But I have said to myself, maybe I should try and do something and bring spirit through and then see what gets created on the canvas Maybe that's where I'll end up. Well, maybe spirit is guiding you now. I mean, to paint in general. So whatever you're painting. But I just wondered, because, you know, sometimes people do have something come through and it comes out and you're like, where did that come from? So I just wondered if you had ever experienced that kind of thing. My brother, he makes a joke. He says, ah, the aliens will give you a gift. It's because, um, I mean, I did art at school and I've got a couple of O-levels in it and that. And then I had the children, and then you raise the kids. Um, and I, I didn't do the art until about five years ago. I didn't pick it up and start doing it. So nobody knew. Um, and I didn't realise how far I, I could have gone with this until, like, now, really. So I'm just, like, I am appreciating the gift of it, and it, it could be guided through, like you say, that, that could be. So are you still singing? No. <laughs> I'm not going to make you sing a tune or anything. I just wonder if you still sing. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> My brother used to play guitar, and um, then he taught me to play guitar. So he would strum the chords, and I would pluck the tunes. And together we could entertain the family, you know, playing together. And then he got into a band, and then he had me um, practicing back in vocals for his group and that and that's how that all started um i sang with a woman called marion cairns back in the day she was a bit like kate bush it's kind of an atmospheric music and we had some fun with that and i've been in a few bands myself um but when i moved up here i dropped all that you know that kind of in a way that's like how the art was for me now how the art is for me now mm-hmm. the music was for me then it was still an escape and a, and a therapy. Let's talk about the ghost realm. Um, what what have you experienced in the ghost realm? Uh, everything. <laughs> everything. So pick, pick, you know, something that you want to talk about in the ghost realm that was pretty interesting to you. Or frightening uh, or whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. I've had frightening. I've had shadow beings just appear and terrify me and my dog. I've had um, working in a care home on night shifts, the three 
free carers, we'd go for coffee like three o'clock in the morning because everybody's asleep. Um, and being in an elderly care home, you know, everybody's in bed. And across the dining room, we would hear Zimmer frames scraping across the floor and you could hear distant voices in the air. And we would just freeze and look at each other and go, oh my God, oh my God, did you hear that? And it's three of us. So you're not, right. you know, you're not hearing things. It is happening. And that happened quite a few times. And um, one morning after I'd done my night shift, it was about 7am and I was doing handover and I was standing in the dining room and the sunlight was shining through the windows to the floor, you know, in a big ray of light. And the doorway to the left, while I was talking to the woman, something caught my eye and I looked. Oh my God, it was amazing. This spirit person and it just it was like um a halo of um like rainbow colors very fine like like a spider's thread outlining a person just walked through the doorway across the hall uh, across the dining room into the rays of that sunlight and disappeared my jaw was open i just stood and watched the whole thing and there's no, nothing to fear that was just i was in awe and I was going, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, to everyone what I just saw. And it was just smooth. The way she, this person just, like, walked into the light. And then um, it it was within that year that I went to a local shop. And when I went in the shop and it was midday, again, it was that same essence, that same outline. This person was leaning on the counter. This spirit person was just leaning on the counter. And then they stood up as I approached the counter and I stopped because I saw the movement and then I knew that the guy in there was working there and I went, Carl, Carl, there's a ghost at your counter. I just see it. And he went, oh no. Like he really freaked out and he went, you're the second person that's come in today and told me that. So there was verification right there that I see something for real. And, and both times they were day times. You always associate ghosts with night times uh-huh. normally. Uh-huh. And it, it was daytime, so I, I found that really exciting. But I, I have had scary ones as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, Joe and uh, my experience, um, ghosts, we usually do our ghost hunts during the day, which people find really interesting because, you know, they want to go and they want to have sensational you know in the dark and all that stuff and we want to just find the ghost and usually ghosts you know they have like a whatever they do because they're they're um you know they have uh they're obsessed about certain things so probably you know whatever that ghost was that was a time that they had to do something and you know they walk through or whatever but yeah it's, it's very interesting to do it during the day because they kind of cover in uh one area sometimes too you know so at night they kind of roam the house or whatever but in uh, during the day they kind of are in one spot so have you ever gone ghost hunting with a group yeah i i have again that was here in norfolk and um we went on a few ghost hunts and we had um the first digital cameras, you know, when they come out and you yeah. get the screen open and, and we was in the church and um, one of the girls fell over and we laughed at her. And then, well, when we played it back, there was a spirit on there going, be quiet, be quiet, shouting at us. <laughs> I know, and you didn't hear it at that time. I always get, you know, you go, ooh, I always get excited when I see stuff like that. So, yeah. 
So what other things? What what was the most famous place haunted place that you went and hunt and hunted? Was there a famous um, building or a famous place? Famous place, Borley Rectory. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, we went there, but um, it's it's not what I expected, and I think modern times, um, teenagers and youngsters have kind of. They use and abuse the place. Mm. There's bottles everywhere where they've been drinking and things like that. And um, th- I think the old rectory part of it isn't there anymore as well. So it was, it was more, you know, like the historic factor of standing there and being in that place rather than experiencing anything. So unfortunately, didn't get to experience anything, but can say that I actually went there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Okay, so this this podcast is called The Wife of a Demon Hunter. So, what is your take on demons? Oh, they're real. Nah. <laughs> oh, you, they're real. Have you experienced anything in the demonic yeah. world? Um, around me, not direct. I don't believe anything directly at me. Um, I think... Do you have a ghost in your house right now because that door behind you just opened again? <laughs> I'm in the room that is actually in Haunt. this house that has activity. Okay, because I'm going to say the door. I just saw the door just open. <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, my mum passed away last year. Uh, my husband laid down in this room. This is the spare room. <laughs> <laughs> what sleeps in here. <laughs> he slept. He, he was just passing out on the, on the bed. And the bed dipped. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it was my mum. Ah, she come checking on him. <laughs> She's got her eye on him, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And then, see, when my mum passed, because mum was a mental health patient in um, hospital for years, so kind of grew up without us since I was four. When she passed away, it's like she was free. And between the time of her passing, and it was quite a while before the funeral because this was around the time of covid um yeah it was it was quite a while um she went everywhere and i was filming the i was i did some filming in the garden and my husband and his son were in the garage and i caught mum's spirit on camera i was so amazed she was in the house looking out and the shadow cast on the floor and as she moved away, you could see the arc of her as she, the shadow pulled away. And that blew me away. But obviously it's mum, so I wasn't scared. That was just really, I, I didn't expect to be catching her on camera. It wasn't why I had the camera going. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll do filming or, or pictures if I get a feeling to. There's no real reason sometimes for me to to take photos or to film and it's at those times that I tend to catch the best stuff where I used to live in Lowestoft um I used to go out in the garden and I used to snap photographs and the amount of um ghosts physical ghosts you know in proper form that I've caught in that garden is unbelievable mm. I'll have to send you the pictures and you oh, I would love that. I would love that for sure. And so, the Blackheath Woods at the back. I've took a lot of photographs there. That's where the UFOs used to come down over as well. Um, and there's so many different. It's like a portal where 
predators been seen by my family and experienced. There's there's been like the monkey man. We've had um, actual, you know, proper ghostly figures. There's been in reptilian figures. There's been um, big cats sighted over there as well. And you name it, it's it's all been happening over there. Do you know? Um, obviously, you've heard of Linda Moulton Howe. Yes. Well, I met in Hallin at Rendlesham Forest um, when Charles Holt was giving a talk over his experiences at the base. So, told Ian about what we were getting, and he came here to get my story see my evidence and he got more than he bargained for (laughs) that's always great isn't it because you know sometimes i feel like sometimes i feel like ghosts or things like that get shy you bring someone else in and they're like oh you're like okay honestly it does happen i'm not not crazy here but that's great that he got more than he bargained for i love that oh he did (laughs) and he told linda and she's fascinated and we are going to have a zoom talk Ah. at some point um, over it and um, he got we we went through I got my daughter involved and a good friend of mine like we all met up with Ian and took him through showed him where I used to live where a lot of activity happens and UFOs come down and then we took him through Blackheath Woods and my friend was taking pictures of us and around us were orbs um, shooting towards us and over us a lot of mist and fog patches around us. Um, when we were coming out of the woods, she took two shots. One shot, the pathway was clear. The next shot, there was a beam of light with a circular light down on the path behind us. Wow. We walked back to the house where we'd parked the cars, where I used to live, like about five to ten minutes walk from the entrance of the woods. And then... <laughs> That's when the UFO appeared under the cloud over where we just entered the woods and we could see it from where we were standing. So Ian got really excited about it. Um, after it was there changing colours for about 10 minutes and we were taking photographs. We've got photos of this over the top of the houses. Um, Ian's shot off, started running towards it because it started to come down. So we all followed him. And as we got nearer to the woods and this thing had come down so low, um, my daughter got frightened, so I stopped with her and um, nobody pursued it. Even Ian stopped. He thought better of it. And it wasn't over. We we go back to the cars and disperse. Um, Ian had parked his car at my house, so I had to. we got in my car. We drove from Lowestoft to where I'm living. And... He got in his car and then he went to the hotel where he was staying, which was in North Lowestoft. And the next morning, um, social media was going crazy. As we'd passed through Alton Broad, which was about nine o'clock in the evening, um, it's like we'd left this UFO hum in the air in our wake. Everybody could hear it. It was so, it, it, it was so loud. It was such a deep sound. It wasn't boats. It was something else. So social media went crazy about all these noises and sounds. And people were saying, it's aliens, it's this, that, and the other. Um, so I messaged him 
in the morning to tell him. Then he phones me and says something's happened. So I've gone, what's up? He goes, I was packing my stuff from my hotel room to my car. He went, and then I went back and I couldn't open the door to my room. He goes, so I went down to reception and he complained. And the woman said, um, we've had an event. Um, everybody can't get in their rooms or get out of their rooms. All the electricity's gone down. There's been a sudden power cut in the area. It's right over his bit, just his area bit where he was staying. Um, the electricity board were called out. They said they hadn't scheduled it. This can all be found. You can search all this. This is factual stuff. So he said he can't believe what's going on. So he then said, can I come back to yours? I said, yeah, <laughs> So he came to mind and we were putting all these pieces together and that. And he, he said, I can't believe what's going on. You know, and then I told him about the old Broadly stuff. We was like just talking about all of this. And anyway, when he went back to where he lives, I think it's Gloucester, somewhere like that, um, on the Sunday, um, he'd put a power supply pack up for sale on eBay, a selling app site. Um, it, within that week, somebody purchased it and he phoned me to say, somebody from Westwood Avenue in Lowestoft has purchased this power pack and he said I never even heard of Westwood Avenue until coming to you <laughs> I've had all these events happen and now my power pack gets sold to someone in Westwood Avenue he goes and the power supply thing was an issue at my hotel he felt like there was coincidences that weren't coincidences right, right. that were screaming at him from up high and he said he has to come back. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So how far how far do you live from London? Because <laughs> we should uh, we should come we should come and because uh, we're going to London, we would love to come and see some uh, UFOs at your house. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're always welcome. <laughs> huh? I said you're welcome. Yeah. It's a, it's a two and a half hour drive. Is it okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, you wrote a book. You said okay. You authored a book. So what was the book about? I was trying, it was, I was poorly, so I thought, I'm going to, I've always been interested in writing, and I wanted to get a lot of this phenomenon into the written word, so that it's kind of saved, and maybe try and help people understand how complex <laughs> my world right. is. Um, so it wasn't, I kind of, I wrote it how I speak, which and then days wasn't really done. Everybody writes in a certain way, in a manner, and they, you know, section it in the contents and everything. I just yeah. went at it. I just threw it all in. And then it, I, it was really hard because it's still only the tip of the iceberg of what I could write. So there's more to come. Oh, good. Oh, good. So, <laughs> so what I is got, what's the I title of this book? Realms of Reality because it covers all realms. And it is my reality. Realms of so reality. Kind of okay. Sense. Okay. I know. Uh, you know, uh, in the writing game, there's a lot of writing snobs. Because <laughs> you know, it's like my, 
you know, it's like I, I'm 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 trying to author a book called The Wife of a Demon Hunter. I want to get you know my my stuff out there, but you know, it's like oh my gosh, it's like you said, you just want to write it in your voice, and then there's like all these different things. It's like it's crazy, but. You know, it's like, it's what's, it, you know, we want to get the message out. The message is the important thing. So That's what I felt. And that's yeah. what you should just do. Right. I think, why should everything just be so structured? Because life isn't. Right. It's not. Not at all. No. Okay. It's twists and turns all the time. <laughs> so right. why can't the book Ups and downs. Like... Life is not like this. It's not like this. It's like this. You know, we always have the yeah. ups and downs. Um. I did, I did, I kind of interrupted your demon, you know, the demon thoughts, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> no, there's a, um, my, my kid's dad, um, he was like, oh, I walked the boys to school one morning, I come back, and um, where he'd been asleep, he wasn't asleep anymore, he was sat in the front room, and he was a black guy, he looked white, I said to him, what's the matter, and he said, um, when you left, there was a noise. It goes, and I went to move, and something pinned me down. Oh. This is a guy who did weight training, who was a power lifter, and he could not shift what sat on him. Wow. It pinned him down, and he had a hell of a fight to get it off him, whatever it was. And then it give up, you know, and let him free, which frightened the hell out of him. The following day, I took the boys to school and come back. Again, he was sat in the front room. I said to him, are you okay? He said, no, I thought you'd come back. He turned to look to see if it was me, and the bed dipped. Whatever it was there sat on the bed beside him. He saw it physically dip, and that was enough. That He was petrified. So, <laughs> um, following on from that, whatever it was had issues with him because... If he was watching TV, you know, like you lay on the floor and you put your your head on your hands mm -hmm. and you're on your elbows watching TV, things would fly across the room at him. I remember we had like a cuckoo clock on the wall that came off the wall. It didn't drop down. Something slides off the wall. It would drop with the wall, you know, it would drop to the floor. No, this came off the wall across the room and just skipped his temple. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was quite malicious, and I felt that was kind of demonic. I was frightened in that house. I'd been chased out of that house. I was alone. The kids were asleep. Um, there was, I saw a big black shadow go across the wall, and I had my heart go. We had intercom systems, so you'd have to pick up the intercom when somebody visits, and you ask who's there, and you press a button, and it it releases downstairs doors so they come in well the the door buzzer rang and i went to get up to answer it and it came off by itself and was swinging um i fearfully answered it and there was nobody at the other end so i hung that up and then something scraped and banged behind me i was gone i opened the front door and i ran along the landing and um, i left my kids in their beds and i ran and I thought, what am I doing? And what am I doing? I mean, this was a November. I was freezing. And he had a vest and shorts on. It's like quarter to 12, quarter to midnight. And I was frozen. I thought, I'm petrified. Something's going to get my children. So I made my way back to the house. Back to... it. These are flats. Mm -hmm. I was on the third floor. I get back to the door. 
and then the picture came off the wall landed at my feet I was gone again I fell off the landing I was petrified um so I had to wait for my fellow to come home and when he when he came upstairs honestly I was on him and I kept going on and on um and he's going oh you'll be all right I'm back now and then like he fell asleep and I didn't feel it any more comfort in the <laughs> oh goodness but, yeah um, a friend of mine up here she had um something grab her by her ankles and drag her from her bed so we actually had to get a a team in to do a cleansing on her house which they found really difficult because whatever was there didn't want to go anywhere right and it was malicious and it'd been picking on her and her daughter there's there's a lot going on this is the east anglia region and there is so much paranormal stuff here anyway right it, it kind of crosses over quite a bit so i'm not surprised there's a lot of ufos and there's been um devil dog sightings of black shark this is quite historic here for that as well and then there's the witches mm. we've got the witches connection with salem oh yes it started here in lowestoft and crossed right. over to salem yes yeah, that's it. Well, you know, in the scheme of things, uh, you know, the witch hunts in the United States, there was only 19. And yeah. but I know in uh, Europe, there was a lot more. I mean, there was a, a larger percentage of of uh, um, witch phenomenon or witch trials, witch hangings and torture and all that stuff. So you had yeah. that experience there with you where you are. Right. Because I know yeah, in Scotland, there was a witch. The witch thing. Find the general, yeah. Because um, there was two witches that two supposedly witches um put curses on the townspeople here and um they were chased they were taken to trial the laws were changed so that um they could be tried without physical evidence it was the first time and that's because of um the british rule with america that's when the rules changed over there as well that the trials could happen without physical Right. evidence and they could be charged and hung ah. and that's what happened but the laws were changed here first and that crossed over to Salem yeah well thank goodness <laughs> that the laws yeah, did change it, <laughs> yeah no the laws were, were changed and that caused them to oh caused harm. them to do the the the, the damage yeah, well so you know it's um, that was a bad thing yeah that is a bad thing sorry <laughs> I was thinking the laws changed where they couldn't do that anymore um but it's funny because, you know, you go to Salem, Massachusetts now here in the United States and, you know, there's witches walking everywhere. There's always someone in a costume <laughs> watching. You know, they have like these hex stores and they have all these things. It's, it's funny how, you know, that particular thing had happened. And now, you know, it's just all run by, you know, the occult, so to speak, if that if that's yeah. how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when Joe and I were on uh, Alex Lovelock's show, um, when you were there, we had talked a little bit about Bigfoot. You had an experience with Bigfoot? Um, you thought that you might have come across something? I'm not sure. Hogs. I've had so many things. <laughs> I don't know if it was in Rendlesham Forest. I don't know if it was there, but um, I know that you had talked a little bit about that. I mean, if you can't remember, it is okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think. I get brain fog now, and it's it's all horrid. <laughs> I lose words, what I want to say, and things like that. I'm trying to think. So I know Brenda Butler had seen and experienced that there. I, I'm 
not sure. I don't recall me. Okay. Seeing it myself. So you believe in Bigfoot and Dogman and you know fairies and sprites and all those yeah. those fun things um, in the the um, magical realm. Yeah, because when I was nine, I woke up. I stayed at my auntie's. This was in London, and um, and I was in her, my auntie's bedroom, and it was a big double bed, and I was laid on the bed, and I heard a noise beside the bed. I don't know what compelled me, but I rolled over and had a look and come face to face with like a gnome elf thing. Wow. And it was about three foot tall and it was angry with me. <laughs> <laughs> it they're pesky is what I hear. I hear they're pesky. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it screamed at me and I let back like in disbelief. Because... Mm -hmm. And I checked myself, like, I'm awake. <laughs> pitch, pitch. And in a flash, it went, whoosh, whoosh, it ran straight out the door. And I, I sat there, and I was like, I was I was just taking it all in for a minute. And then I moved towards the wall, pulled up the covers, and sat there. And I was like, no, I'm awake. Because <laughs> you want to be sure that you're, you're not half in dream state. Sure. I'm like, no. He screamed at me. He's took off. I mean, it was at lightning speed. And I'd caught him in the act, hadn't I? So he was angry with me. Yes, absolutely. He yes. was expecting to get caught. Hence the angry fist. And that's the only time I saw that. <laughs> but it stuck for Yeah, life. sure. You can't, you can't un remember that because you saw it. You know, in, exactly. in Native American cultures, there are, um, we, they talk about the little people too, and they're, they're angry too. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's because they're short that they're angry about it. I don't know, but they are angry a, a lot too. So that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, I found out later years that there's actually Irish in my blood. Like my mum's mum was Irish. So I was thinking, well, in Ireland, they've got their the fairy realm and all that right mm -hmm. could there be a, a dna bloodline link that maybe opened me up to it yeah that's a possibility I mean, you know, anything's possible. You know, just like the alien stuff, we're not sure. Because usually if if you are a, an abductee or whatever, it's usually a um, family history of it. And they just don't talk about it, you know. But there's usually a, a yeah. family connection of some sort. So, yeah, that well, is my interesting. my dad started it. When I was small enough and in nappies, apparently my dad would take a camera, go with his brother, and they used to go sky watching, which I obviously didn't know. And then apparently... He, when he was 15, he saw a UFO nearby take off and shoot up into the sky. Um, my dad ended up in the diplomatic corps. He used to talk with Margaret Thatcher and stuff. Um, she recommended him to work for General Pinochet. My dad was his bodyguard. So my dad was um, in like the diplomatic corps. Um, and he knew stuff that wasn't to be shared. So while my dad was out at work, me and my brother were at home, unattended, and we were getting <laughs> the paranormal with us. My brother has it. My children have it. Mm -hmm. So it started with dad, and it's gone down the family line. So I blame him. It's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault. <laughs> he's, he's the culprit. <laughs> it's, it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> It's him. 
<laughs> it's his fault. Uh, well, Vanessa, um, this has been really interesting, and thank you for talking with me. Um, um, I really love all your stories and stuff, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Um, I'd love to. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Come well, on. It's, no, I, I love to talk about it because it's just great to share it. And it's nice when people open like their ears and, and hear it, and they get it. They understand. Yeah. And it's it helps others. Amazing. It helps others because sometimes people live in secret about it. You know, they're afraid to talk with it, especially the UFO stuff. So it's really yeah. important that they understand that there's other people out there that have experienced that. So thank you for sharing your experiences here with us today. We appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Um, I am Dorinda Stewart, and I am a wife of a demon hunter. And, um, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. <laughs>